Thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration Podcast with host Althea Richardson. Wove stands for Women of Vision and Excellence, and the mission is to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. Very excited to have this guest on my show today because he's going to talk about stress management. And who does not have stress today? For real, I'm so serious right now. So Phil Barth is a hilarious stress-reducing author and keynote speaker. And his story began in 2015 when he suffered what doctors said was a small heart attack. And after surgery, he was told to manage his stress. Otherwise, he would get ready for a big heart attack. Phil, thank you so much for being on Wove Inspiration. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Phil, talk to me about 2015 and how all of this stress management got started for you. So, in 2015, I was uh, I had made the semifinals of of the Toastmasters World Championship of Public Speaking. So Toastmasters is a communications organization. Every year they have the World Championship of Public Speaking. In, in 2011, I made the finals. So in 2015, I was all excited. I made the semifinals and I spent the entire summer practicing and, and burning the candle at both ends for this contest that was going to happen in Las Vegas in August. Some point in that summer, I ran into a friend of mine at a Toastmasters meeting, and I said, "Tom, I haven't seen you in a while. What's new?" And he said, "Well, I had a heart attack." Oh, and, and it just blew me away because I'm like, "This guy is, you know, he's my age, my size. You know, we're both in our fifties. We're both, you know, not Arnold Schwarzenegger for goodness sakes, but <laughs> but we're in okay shape." And I was like, "Well, Tom, tell me more." And and so. I said that to a guy who's a preacher and a speaker and a Toastmaster. So he, of course, told me the entire story. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so he told me everything that led up to the heart attack and so on. Well, fast forward to August. It's about a week before I'm scheduled to go out to Las Vegas for the world championship. And I am at summer camp with my son. And the whole week I'm, I'm amazed at how the hills of this camp have gotten higher than last year, and I'm getting out of breath. And in the back of my mind, I'm hearing this voice saying, you know, Tom said that happened to him before his heart attack. Hmm. And, and of course, I dismiss it. And then I'm making bargains with myself, like, okay, obviously, I'm in, something's wrong with my health, but after I get back from the Toastmasters convention in Vegas, then then I'll go see a doctor. Well, no, we're going to be in Myrtle Beach the week after, but yeah, you're making the deal with yourself, sure, right? Sure, sure. Well, in, on Thursday, uh, we played this game called Hungry Human Hippos. And so, you, you know, if you've seen the little game, the kids game, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yeah. Well, it's like an adult-sized yeah. version of that where one adult is the hippo down on, his, down on the belly on wheels and the other adult is swinging them around to catch, to catch softball. <laughs> okay. So I'm playing this game. I know, right? I mean, even healthy, it sounds like a bad idea, but I'm playing this game. And afterwards I was like, 
something's not right. I just, I feel awful. And, and I had been feeling bad all, all, all week. And so I went to the nurse uh, at camp and I said, can you take my blood pressure, check me out? And she said, yeah, your blood pressure is 100 over 60. Ooh. Well, I normally run high. So I, I was like, well, there must be something wrong with her, her, uh, her, collar, her cuff or whatever. And, and so I went and called my wife and I said, I'm feeling terrible. This is what's going on. And she said, well, why don't you go back to the nurse again? So I, I went back and had another reading. Same deal. And about that time, the, my phone rings and it's my wife. And she said, I just read on the internet that one of the symptoms of a heart attack is your blood pressure tanks because your body is trying to keep you alive. Yeah. And so the nurse said, hey, can I see your phone? And I handed it to her and she says to my wife, she goes, you know, if this is my husband, I call 911. And so fortunately, the two of them said, "We're you are going to the hospital. And they checked me out and said, yeah, you have had a small heart attack. Oh, my God. The next day, and, you know, small, right? And I said, I don't ever want to have medium. Right. Because if that's what small feels like. And so the next day they went up, they put a couple of stents in, and it was about a one-year-long recovery. So, yeah, good thing I, t- I ran into my friend uh, to know what the symptoms were like. Uh, good thing my wife checked, the, checked out what was going on and made me go back to the nurse. Um, obviously, I did not go to Las Vegas the next week. But, you know, I didn't get to compete for the world championship. But on the other side, I got a new lease on life. And, and one of the things they told me after they fixed me up was you need to manage your stress. Yeah. And, and so that started what has been a seven year quest to effectively manage my stress because I was a stress junkie. I, I absolutely was. Wow. Okay. Now, when you say stress junkie with everything that you were doing, that was the, the uh, Toastmasters and everything. Is that what you were speaking of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, oh, I can do it all, right? You know, of I'm, course. I'm a superhero. That's what we all think, right? I can do my day job, and I can do this Toastmasters thing, and I can do half a dozen other things. And, um, you know, I, I don't need sleep. I can just get up in the morning, have a bunch of coffee, and, and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. Wow, wow, wow. Now, let me ask you something, yeah. because I've, I'm mm-hmm. finding that a lot of men, at least men that I know, find it really challenging to not not be busy they can't just like chill like rest when they're supposed to rest why is that they i mean they feel like they have to constantly go 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 until their body's like nope we're just going to shut down altogether because you don't want to rest so why do you think that is i I can't give you a good logical reason for, <laughs> for why for why men do stupid things. <laughs> I, I can 100% tell you that was me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. You know, never say no. Right. I, I, I will help here and do this and do that. And I still had that tendency a little bit, but I have really worked on saying no, um, taking time first thing in the morning to, you know, read, enjoy the company of our dogs, uh, have a cup of coffee, meditate, whatever, and yeah. just um, some way to slow down. Because basically the doctor said, you know, you can, you can do this or you can come back and maybe next time it'll be a major artery and you won't be so lucky as to survive. Yeah. 
Wow. So tell me about how you started with your journey into being uh, at least starting to manage your stress. What were some of the steps that you took? Okay. So the, the um, surgeon who did, who put the stents in met the next day with my wife and me. And he said, look, you need to, um, you need to manage your stress. He said, you know, it's, it's not negotiable. You need to do this. And what I need you to do is one week out of every three months, you need to unplug and de-stress. And, and um, you know, I, I was at the point in my job where I had enough vacation that I could do that. Um, and, and so I said, I will, you know, and I said it in front of my wife. So that meant I was going to have to. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right. And, and so that was August. The first four months were just spent recovering. I wasn't full-time back on the job. And then after the first of the year, got back in the job and my wife, uh, it came March and my wife said, okay, it's been three months. You're going to take a week off. It's, um, our youngest son's spring break and we're not going anywhere because you're still recovering, but we're going to just kind of have a staycation and we'll take a day and go to the zoo and go to the art museum and so on. And, and so I said, okay, I'll do that. And then just, I don't even know what drove me to do this, honestly, but at the end of the first day we were, we had gone to the zoo. And so I got on Facebook and I posted, Hey, here are the great things that happened today. And, you know, we, we saw the gorilla exhibit, we saw a baby cheetah and so on. And, um, and I posted on Facebook and I got a bunch of likes mm -hmm. and, and, you know, if you're on Facebook and you get likes, that's just like the, the greatest thing ever. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, people like my post. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, the next day we went to the art museum and I did the same thing and I got a bunch more likes. And so I, so I'm going to see how many days I can do this because eventually I have to go back to work and, and, you know, there might be a bad day, but I'm going to just see in general how long I can keep doing this post and finding great things in life. And the answer is almost seven years. It'll be seven years next month. Or wow. no, no, no. I'm sorry. I started yeah, six to seven years at, at any rate. Yeah. And, and the thing that I learned was you start looking for them and it takes a little bit to find them the, the first month that you're doing it, but it's, you train your subconscious mind to look for what's good in the world. And, uh, and the more you, the more you look, the more the world presents, here are the great things that are all around you. You know, yeah. your friends, your family, uh, your, your dogs, banana milkshakes, whatever. And, <laughs> and so, and, and so that just kind of changed my outlook in life because I was one of those people that always found the negative in life. Um, I tried not to, but you know, it's so easy to do. And, and then I could be, you know, sarcastic and, and try to be funny, but more sarcastic than funny. Right. <laughs> and, and so once I started looking for what was good, I not only found that, but the positive outlook actually lowered my stress. Had no idea that's what was going to happen, but it did. It just, you know, I in general became a happier person. And if you're a happier person and, and less um, looking for what's bad in life, you get the right hormones working in your body yeah. and, and your stress drops. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a change of a mindset, essentially. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, Absolutely. Now, how do you handle bad days? Because, I mean, 
your every day can't be a good day. Every day can't be a positive day because, you know, we live in this crazy world of interesting people. And <laughs> yeah. And um, so there's going to be a time where you're just not going to have a so a good day at all. Uh, so how do you handle those days? Um, I think the more the more good days you have, you got you've got like deposits in the bank, and, and so when you need to fall back on it and realize it's a bad, realize okay, there's going to be bad days. Um, and I think Zig Ziglar had a great quote, and he said, "All sunshine and no rain makes for a day." So there will be rain in your life, yeah. and and um, you know you can't you can't always turn that into a positive. But you just realize, hey, tomorrow's going to be better. Mm-hmm. And and the what I call it is I call it the positivity math or great things math or whatever you want to call it. You know, you take a 30-day month and there's probably, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument, three days that no matter how hard you try to have a good day, it's going to be a bad day. So that's 10%. And then there's three days that no matter how hard you try to screw them up, they're going to be great days. So <laughs> that's 10% on the other end that means 80% of the days are probably up for grabs yeah. and, and it's a toss up. And if you've got a positive outlook, you're going to put a lot more of those into the wind column than if you have a negative outlook. Yeah, definitely. So you are a best-selling author and the title yeah. of oh. your book, <laughs> the title <laughs> of your book is great things happen every day, finding joy with family, friends and banana milkshakes. Phil, tell yeah, us about so, that book. <laughs> now, I got I to tell you, I'm a best sort of selling author. Okay. And there, there's a distinction because <laughs> when we when we put the book out there, we put it on Kindle on Amazon for five days, and it was a free book. Okay. And in those five days, it went to number one on the stress management free Kindle book list. And, and, and so it was number one, which they call a bestseller. But since I didn't make any money, my bank does not call it a seller. They call it, <laughs> I don't know what they do call it. So I, I was torn because it was like, well, I, I got a bunch of copies out there, but didn't really get any dollars. So I call it a best sort of selling book. And, you know, it, uh, one or two copies went to Canada. So I actually call it an international yeah. best sort of selling book. <laughs> that actually counts. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a sort of seller. Uh, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. What I wanted to do was get a book out there in the hands of people that, and, and help people. Whether it was one person that got helped or a million people that got helped, I wanted to help people. And I have gotten feedback from people that, hey, this book really helped me. And that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, I would have taken the million dollars if, <laughs> if it had come to that, but that wasn't the primary goal. The primary goal was to help people. Okay. Well, I I would still say, even though you didn't get any money from it, <laughs> you still made a big difference in a lot of people's lives. So it's it's well, selling someone. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If, if people if people get value out of the book, that's what I wanted. Yeah. Um. Like I, I'll, I'll go for the Pulitzer next time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, through your journey, you discovered nine tricks to managing stress. Can you share that information with us? Sure. It's um, so it's, I think I call it the nine S's of stress management. 
and I don't have the document up in front of me, so it's going to be, I'm going to go from memory. Okay. Um, but, and what I, I'll tell you what I'll do is, because I may or may not hit all nine from memory, but I will, what I will do is send a PDF, if you want to put that in the show notes, that has all nine in it. Absolutely. Okay. So the first one is what I call Seek the Green. Okay. And, and that's just, uh, it goes back to a study that was done in 1957 by Scientific American Magazine. And, and the way it works is if you close your eyes and you think about the color green and you do that for a couple minutes, when you open them or even 30 seconds, when you open them, you're going to, your eyes will instantly be drawn to something green in the room, wherever you're at. Same deal for red. If you, if you close your eyes and think about the color red, you're instantly going to find something red. And the thing of it is, if you do that long enough, you will, throughout your day, find red or green. And what causes that is something in your subconscious. They call it the brain's reticular activation system. So, like, you know, you're, you buy a new car, and then all of a sudden you can't help but notice everybody else has that same new car. It's just what's in the back of your mind. So, the idea is, if you say that positive is represented by the color green, then you start seeking it. And your brain will find it for you. That's what we were talking about before. Hmm. So you, you actually find, start training your brain to look what's good. That lowers your stress. Number two is the opposite of that. So um, I love the color red, but if we say green is good and red is bad, you know, like a stoplight or whatever, <laughs> then what you need to do is subtract the red. So you need to do things, and, and this can be in social media or in choice of entertainment or whatever that, that eliminate as much as possible the negativity. So I love being on Facebook, but there are some people that are so negative on Facebook. I just can't, I can't stand it. Yeah. You know, everything's messed up. And, and if you don't agree with me, you're an idiot. It, and so there's ways to block them on Facebook. And I do that because then that leaves the people who are really being positive. And the other thing, and, and this is a kind of a social media detour if you will but the thing about facebook or any social media site is they want you to stay engaged with their platform they want to keep your eyes on their platform as much as possible so if facebook sees you enjoying the arguments enjoying the negativity that's what they're going to keep giving you so if you start blocking that they will start giving you more positive because they want your eyeballs on their platform that's how they make money so I kind of use that to my advantage in terms of being positive. So number two is subtract the red. I don't know them in order from here, but I can tell you one is to step out of your comfort zone. Um, and, and that can be physically, that can be mentally. Um, I, when I was in my forties, I rode a roller coaster with my oldest son. And uh, once you get to that age, getting on a 330 foot high roller coaster is clearly out of my physical comfort zone, but, but he loved it. Right. And and we had a great time. So yeah, that, that was a lot, a lot of fun for him, (laughs) but, 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 you know, you survive it and, and, uh, it can also be get out of your mental comfort zone. Yeah. So, you know, my comfort zone is to just sit and plan and plan and plan. And, and sometimes you just need to get off your butt and take action. I'm, you know, my day job, I do a lot of planning. Well, that's nice, but eventually you got to move. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not one of the S's, but I believe that movement lowers your stress. You know, get out and move in a direction. Even if it's the wrong direction, you can turn around and go back the other way. 
but actually taking action, I think, lowers your stress. Absolutely. Um, another one, I can't remember what the S name for it is. It, it might be sing a song or it might be, it's, well, shoot, here's the story. So in 2019, uh, my father passed away after a long illness. And, and so we had the funeral and then I immediately had to go back to uh, Cincinnati because the next morning I had to take a flight out to um, Grand Prairie in Alberta, Canada, which was kind of an all day type of deal to get through all the airports and whatnot. And, and so I get out there, I crash and burn. Well, about four in the morning, I'm awake and it's like, oh, I know what, it, I'm sorry, I'm going to go back to the S, spend some time in the past is what it is. Spend okay. Some time in the past. Okay. So I'm at, I'm four in the morning, their time, seven in the morning, Eastern time. I am awake and just thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I'm starting to miss my dad. We all knew this was coming, but, but I'm starting to feel bad about that. And so I went down to the fitness center and put on my headphones and got on the treadmill and started running. And I told the uh, digital assistant, who I'm not going to name because I don't want my phone to go off, to play Waylon Jennings. And, and I'm not saying Waylon Jennings is the answer, but the thing of it is, um, when I started listening to Waylon Jennings, it reminded me of the good times with mom and dad. Yeah. Where, you know, we're driving to Florida and dad is playing Waylon Jennings. I, I kind of like Waylon Jennings. He loved country music. I, I, I like Waylon and a couple others. So it was just the, the good time. I'm not remembering the man who was so sick right. and, 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 and not missing him as much as spending a little time in the past and, and so that can help manage the stress when you go back and reflect on the good times. And I believe the other part of that, it, and it's another one of the S's, is, you know, sing a song or, or music can really, really, really take you back. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you hear a song and, oh, my gosh, I remember when I was in high school. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I remember that song and I remember what I was doing. And I remember. And, and, and so just hearing Waylon Jennings took me back to when dad was happy, healthy, and we were headed to Florida to go see uh, – Mickey Mouse at Disney World, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And the thing yeah, about I music, I know the thing about music, you can actually end up finding yourself in like a rabbit hole of, because you'll hear one song and then you're wanting to hear another song. And, oh, I remember this song, at least for me, I, I will end up spending like a whole two hours just listening to different 80s songs because I'm reminiscing about high school and all of the, you know, the fun times I had with my friends and, and family and everything. So I can definitely see how music can lower your stress level for sure. I, I love it. I, I, was, I was at a church this uh, Sunday and part of my message was I was listening to 80s music, the greatest music in the world, because there's two types of people in the world. Those who believe 80s music is the best music ever. Yes. And those who are ill-informed. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir. And now you mentioned. I knew there was a reason we get along. Yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. He, when he said he's in his 50s, I'm like, I know he likes 80s yep. music for sure. Love the 80s. Absolutely. And, and that's funny. It, it's, it's absolutely right. And I can spend an hour and this song comes on. I'm like, oh, man, I remember when we heard that in college. Or I remember in high school or whatever. And, and yeah, you just uh, you start to uh, go in the wayback machine, and it's it's all good. You know, the the way I look at it is, um, I, I say the past is like Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada. Uh, 
it's a great place to visit. You just can't live there. Right. Because, right. Exactly. Because I was there in September and it was 26 degrees and we flew to Atlanta from, from there and it was 90 in Atlanta and 26 in September is not uncommon for them and they get down to 40 below. So anyway. Oh my nice goodness. Nice place to visit. Don't want to live there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to go back. So I'm originally from the East coast, uh, Delaware and around Around this time, it's, it's mild, but I don't like the winters. I don't miss the snow because I'm in Texas now, even though we did have a snowmageddon at one point. I don't know what that, that's a whole nother topic. For all of, and that was a lot of stress as well, by the way. Thank you very much. It was a lot of stress. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm laughing at you, but, you know, I, I um, lived through a few blizzards in my time. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't miss that at all. Yeah, we all got the opposite problem right about now, don't we? Oh my goodness, apps, a hundreds for the next maybe week or two from here. Hundreds, 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 hundreds. It's been in the hundreds for at least the last month or so. So this is even more stress that's been going on us. Yeah. So this interview is definitely needed. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could help. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how many S's we've covered, but I can tell you, I will send the PDF. But, but, but the basic idea is it, it, there's a number of ways to lower your stress. It's, it's by a positive mental attitude, reducing the negative, um, you know, going back. Music can take you back. Uh, pushing outside of your comfort zone now and then. Uh, you know, it, at the time, I'm thinking, is this a really good idea? But it, it is. Um, Spending time with with friends, family, um, pets, you name it, is a, a great way to distress. Uh, it's not one of the ones, but I firmly believe if I could just become a dog, I would not have stress because I've seen our dogs and they never stress about anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and there is a point to that. It's, it's, you know, you tell the dog, well, you're going to have to go over here and the dog does it. That wasn't the dog's plan, but it's like, okay, that's that's reality. You know, it's okay. I'll do that. And I'll wag my tail while I'm doing it and, and, and be happy. Right. So you don't have to overthink anything. Just do, just go lay down. No, no. <laughs> I mean, they're even happy eating dog food. <laughs> okay. So I know your book is, is needed as well for my listening audience, but what other books would you recommend? Okay. So this one's off the wall. I, I get two. Um, one is getting things done by David Allen. And, you know, I bought it the, the first time this was years ago because I thought, Oh, this is a cool way to figure out how to get everything done. And it's not, it's, um, it is a system for tracking your commitments and making sure you're doing the right thing at the right time. Uh, but effectively what it does is, it frees up your mind to appreciate where you're at. And so you don't have all the stressors because you have a system to capture all of those unfulfilled commitments, right? So, so what stresses us out? It's the 5,000 emails and the, you know, X number of text messages and so on and so on and all the incomplete ones. And it's just filled with all kinds of common sense uh, advice. And I was like, wow, this, I wonder, I wonder how he was able to figure that out. Well, it's because he's a, uh, I got a doctor in psychology and so he knows how the mind works. And so I kind of fell into it, but it really is. It's the art of stress 
free productivity. And anybody who asks me for a book recommendation, I always give that one. Um, I don't follow his system 100%, but what I take, what I took from the book has just really dramatically lowered my stress and helped me to get things done. Okay. So getting things done by David Allen is one. The other one is fiction and how, how am I, how am I flaking on this book name? Yeah. The Alchemist. Okay. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's just this, um, I don't know, fairly short read about somebody who follows his dreams. And, and it's, it just takes you through all these plot twists and turns. And I don't know, I just kind of de-stress reading it. Um, and, and it kind of winds its way through, I believe, all the, the different uh, religious philosophies that this guy encounters. And, and it's a young man. And he just follows his dreams. And I'm not going to give away the ending or anything, but um, I actually got it on audio and it was such an enjoyable listen, the voice of the guy who did it and, and just hearing the story. And um, I was playing it in the car with my son one day when we were going somewhere and then he wanted to listen to the whole thing. And it's just a, a really good tale about what can, ha the, the great things that can happen when you follow your dream. Wow. Okay. So the alchemist. Okay. Yeah. I have to look that one up. So Phil, how can people get in contact with you to get your book as well as um, have you speak at some of their events? How can people reach you? Well, it's the, it's, I, I finally got a good answer to this question now <laughs> because it just went live. It just went live about a month ago, the new website, philbarth.com. Okay. That has a link to the book that has a, how can Phil help you uh, send, send Phil an email or, you know, fill out the form and, and uh, that will take you, we can get you all the information from there. And I'm just so, so happy. I, I thought, you know, Oh, I could, this is a, a lesson in stress management, by the way. <laughs> I thought I could design my own website. I, I used to know it years ago. I could do that all by myself. Well, that was the, the wrong answer. That was just <laughs> such a huge, stressful type of thing, even when I thought about it. And, and so I hired somebody to design it and they just did a, I, I'm just thrilled with the job they did. Yeah. And I wrote a, a small check and, and now I've got a really nice website. So philbarth.com. And I, and it was a low stress thing to do. Awesome. You know what, Phil, this has been a blessing to have you on my show. And I, I actually did have just a little bit of stress before we started this interview and you have just totally helped me out today. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for well, being on Wove Inspiration. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I just love hearing that I've helped somebody else with stress. I love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hey, you guys, my name is Althea Richardson and you're listening to Wove Inspiration. You guys have a good day. Take care. God bless. Hey, this is Althea, host and producer of Wove Inspiration Podcast. Wove Inspiration features women and the men who love them, who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factors for guests on Wove Inspiration are their solutions and their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Wove Inspiration. 
You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you listen to podcasts.